Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and thinking, a context to understand focus problems. With us in our virtual studio is Kathy Rashidian. Uh, we're going to get into the content in a little bit, but first I want to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD, for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we are anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine, at least digital copies. To get yours, listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a couple times throughout the program. Write it down, then listen to another one of our uh, shows uh, for secret word. <clears throat> Write that down, and then you just send me an email with the two secret words. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and when I get it, I will forward it off to Chad, and we will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine that's in print. And then they'll put a little reminder, and they'll send you the next digital, I mean, the next copy when it's actually print. So I know the February issue is out now, and I think uh, so. If you did it today, you'd get that one, and then you get the April issue when that happens. Of course, if you listen another time of the year and you like to listen in August, you'd get that one, and the October would come later because it's printed every other month. Um, again, we are grateful for uh, Chad's support, and we're going to run a little tip and get into the show. So here we go. Misinformation can be as deadly as the most serious disease and spread just as quickly. For years now, myths about ADHD have spread on the Internet and in social media. Chad urges parents to know the facts and get help for their children. ADHD is real. Without proper identification, treatment, and support, it can have serious consequences. Learn more at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, we are here with Kathy Rashidian, and I, I want to tell everybody I am really grateful to have her on the show. Um, actually, I'm grateful. We connected a while ago, and she invited me uh, on her podcast. First of all, I was also honored because she let me talk about some things that are near and dear to my heart, working memory being one of them. And then we did another show. She invited me back, and we talked about uh, mindset, which is a big deal. Um, and in the interview, she did a spectacular job, and we kind of connected, and I said, you know, you're just awesome, so i got to have you on my show, and we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about today thinking. Real quickly, uh, Kathy is a, a certified transformation coach supporting entrepreneurs and business professionals who have been diagnosed with ADHD. Kathy works collaboratively with her clients to move past the ADHD diagnosis and develop sustainable uh, personalized action plans to help them thrive in the workplace and at home. 
With an extensive 28-year corporate career, she believes the focus is how we choose to see the world and ourselves in it. In addition to providing one-on-one coaching, she offers seminars for business leaders. She received her coaching certificate through IPEC IPEC Coach Academy, one of the uh, top professional coaching institutes in North America, recognized by the International Coach Federation, continues to, uh, to grow in knowledge and resources in ADHD at the ADD Coach Academy. For more information about her, you can go to her website, and there's two of them. One is readysetshoes.com. And um, Kathy, what's the, what's the podcast address again? Thank you. It's proudlyadhdpodcast.com. All right. Uh, so there we have it. So Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such an honor. I love this. We're playing back and forth in each other's turfs, and it's great. Let's get to it. It's it's, it's really really good. So uh, this is a this is one of those topics that uh, it's interesting. I just it's fascinating to me because as I've learned ADHD, I've actually gotten to like like you begin to think about what thinking is, and I have my perspective. But I want to ask you, and I am catching her off guard, everybody. So be patient, Kathy. What is thinking to you? Yeah, let, let, let's just put that out there, that this is so un, uh, uh, not scripted at all. So thank you, Jeff. But we do great um, stuff so this way, think, so that's why we're there. Thank you. So let me think on my feet on what is thinking. For me, thinking the way I look at it, and, and this is from uh, getting recent training on it, was around how, and this is a bit of a cognitive behavior therapy stuff in there, that really our thinking creates our emotions, which then creates our actions. But then to bring it to an ADHD brain, thinking is like me a thousand miles going with many thoughts in my head and the bombardment of thoughts and the overwhelm that comes with that and being able to decipher where the heck do I take this brain. So that's how I'm thinking about thinking. I really liked about what you said is there's, there was, a, there was a, a very much an emotional piece that was in there. Am, am I misinterpreting that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because it, it does drive emotion, and those emotions really do drive our actions and our behaviors. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that they are definitely there, but for me, raw thinking is basically you load information in your mind, kind of like booting up a computer. You're loading the software into it, and then you do something with it, and you get done with it, and then you either store it back in your head as, as memory or you let it go. So. I have an attention exercise I do I, where I give people five words and ask them to repeat it back to me in alphabetical order. It's like a hippopotamus, zebra, kangaroo, bumblebee, et cetera. And what I explain to people is you'll notice you bring that in your mind and you've got to pay attention to those words individually and you've got to reorder them in the alphabetical order and then let me know without forgetting them. And about half the time, somebody with ADHD forgets a word or they get the order wrong. And I do that to illustrate working memory. But in, in this conversation, I think it's really good to say that's actually thinking. It's, it's executive functioning. You're, you've got ideas and thoughts, and you're trying to put them together in some way that makes some sense. And in that illustration that I described, there's just five words. It's really, really pretty simple. But, Kathy, to me, when we start getting something that's really, really complicated, like imagine building a jet or, or anything else, it starts to get so overwhelming in our mind that that's when I really think your, your, the emotions really kind of come in because the capacity for the human brain to think and keep it all straight is a little bit finite. And so when we start to tip that way, it starts to get a little much. Sometimes I think we get a little bit emotional, have a reaction. Does that make sense? Any, or anything to add to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Keep going. 
you know, and, and, and I think that people with ADHD, they struggle with executive functioning. So at the end of the day, sometimes I just think it's harder for people ADHD to think. Thought on that? Um, let me, can I play devil's advocate a little bit here? Since yeah, please, please. On this, um, it's hard. So can we define the, what's hard about it? Because there's no lack of thinking here going on, Jeff, believe me. But what's hard is deciphering uh, and not getting sucked into the vortex of thinking, I guess, is where I'm kind of seeing that. What do you think about that? Tell me, what's a vortex of thinking to you? It's when I'm just buried in bombardment of thoughts that, like you were saying, it's like, okay, let's build a jet. And then all Mm -hmm. these thoughts come in on the different ways of doing it. But then getting caught up on, okay, what was the first step again? And how do I compartmentalize this? And the chicken or the egg thing, like all of those things, that overwhelm kicks in. That's, that, that, I like that. It's like, okay, I got all this. Where do I start? You actually have to run through scenarios in your mind to figure out where the beginning is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That requires maybe some trial and error. I could do it like this or I could do it like that. So when you're choosing what that first step is, you're processing different ways of looking at it in order to figure out where you begin. Then once you get that figured out, you got to figure out what makes the next, most next sense for the next step. And then you're working your way through that, that problem, if you will, in order to get to some type of a solution. So that vortex is you're bombarded with thoughts. I, I think that's very much a part of it because you have all kinds of thoughts. It's, they're kind of like pieces to a puzzle. Like, do, do I need, is this piece even to my puzzle? So there's a little bit of sifting through that. Is, is that yeah, that accurate description? Yeah, and where it links back into, then it makes thinking hard. So looping it back to where you were, it, that's how. But I also going back, hard. but going back to where you are, it makes it really hard. And when it gets really, really hard, it gets really, really frustrating. And that's where that emotion piece starts to come in. Mm. Like, I, I think we're, you and I are splitting this apart into pieces. But at the end, of the, it's all happening at the same time. But at the end of the day, is when you're bombarded with those ideas and you're trying to figure out which one to choose and what the sequence is in order to do that stuff. And it gets kind of frustrating. You have this emotional regulation. And one of the things that I wanted to highlight is when that happens, all you just want to do is escape. I go watch Netflix and get away from it. Make sense? Absolutely. I call that the victim mode. It's just like, you know, do nothing. Shut down. Play (laughs) small. Just escape and go feel. Just just go off and kind of feel good. And you know, it's it's interesting because if we begin to look at thinking as effortful and hard, then all of a sudden we and we, we understand ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. We can begin to see how it's hard to sustain your focus on something that's difficult. Like uh, I, my simple analogy is: imagine it's 130 degrees outside. And it's air conditioning on the on the inside. Is it hard to go out and do yard work when it's 130 degrees? Absolutely, it's a lot easier to escape to go inside because it's more comfortable. Thoughts on that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Logical? Yeah, and it, it's it's safe. It's for you're you're protected, and you know your your brain wants to keep you safe. And the minute that thinking becomes so difficult, your brain looks for how do I keep you safe because you're now really stressed out. So yep. that makes sense. Hey. It's stressed out, and sometimes you get paralyzed from the motion of it all. And sometimes, for some people with ADHD, that gets a really, really big challenge. So I tell you what, let's take a break here. I want to come back after the break and kind of talk about thinking a little bit and some of the things that I've observed. Everyone, mm-hmm. our secret word tonight is uh, context. Our secret word is context. And you got to check out Kathy's podcast. Uh, 
It's uh, proudlyadhdpodcast.com. Did I get that right? Thank you. All right. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Kathy Rashidian, and we're having a conversation about – actually, we're kind of thinking about thinking and trying to look at it as a context. And before the break, the, we're trying to kind of get a little insight on what thinking is. And when thinking gets overwhelming, emotions come out, and it can get difficult, and all of a sudden we kind of want to escape. And I think as we're talking about this, we're starting to kind of see, like, ADHD behavior show up in here. And, you know, Kathy – over the years in my work as an ADHD coach, it kind of dawned on me that a lot of the things that work for people with ADHD is actually in the, in the, in the context of making thinking easier. What do you think about that, to make thinking easier? I like that a lot, and it makes sense, and I, I, I think that's what I do with my clients on a daily basis, too, is, is how do we make this easier to reduce or lessen that cognitive load, for sure. You know, one of the things that was a revolution to me in my interviews with Dr. Barkley on working memory is the, that notion there's two sides. There's visual imagery and there's um, self-talk. Um, I've heard self-talk, but I didn't realize that it, it supposedly it really happens. In fact, I think they've done some experiments where they hooked electrodes up to adults' faces and had them kind of like think through the national anthem or something in their mind. And like very subtly, they can feel areas of face muscles and stuff that, that are kind of firing. You can't hear the person sing, but in order to do that, like low levels of that's happening. So it was kind of like proof that that's actually kind of going on in their head. And that notion that people with ADHD struggle with self-talk or what Dr. Barkley called the mind's voice, and they actually have to say things out loud. That idea of talking is to think. And in this context that thinking is effortful if you just close your eyes and do it in your mind, but if you say it out loud to somebody and or you're interacting with somebody and getting some feedback, we can begin to see how thinking in that situation would be easier for AD, people with ADHD, which makes it easier for them to self-regulate. So in the context of the show, and my thing is if we think about it, if we make thinking easier, it makes it easier for people with ADHD Makes some makes some sense to me. Is that thoughts on that? Is that a surprise? Do you have another take on that? And, and, and I have a true story of what that exactly this morning I was in a mastermind and I was struggling with something. And for me to even say it out loud, what I was thinking, it I had my answers. And and the the, the mastermind group just held that space for me so I could get to my destination. And it's so much power in that. Uh, that's a, that's a great story. 
so it, there's that side that we're talking about, the, the talking process side, but there's also visual imagery. And Kathy, have you ever had a hard time where just you couldn't kind of conceptualize, you couldn't see the picture in your mind, but when you diagrammed and pull it all out on a table, then you could hold it and make sense to you? Yeah, I do that with lists often, absolutely. Have you ever used a mind map? No, tell me more. I don't use a mind map myself, but a mind map is where you put like a word or something in the middle and you draw lines off and with other concepts associated to see connections and see how they're put together. I'm kind of an outline type person where I put things down in logical sense. Um, and I'm also one of those people who, too, that sometimes if I'm trying to do – like let's say I'm trying to problem solve and I'm bombarded with thoughts. So what I'll do is I'll get a poster board out and I'll do what's called a brain dump. I'll just write the thoughts and ideas on the different mm -hmm. post-its. And I just get them all on the all on the thing so I can see them. Then. then what I do is I start to move the post-its around to try to categorize them or move them in sequence from the beginning to the end. So in a, in a sense, it's executive functioning because I'm getting it all on the table and I can move it around. I like to use post-its because what I write, if I'm writing something out with notes, it's very laborious to have to go back and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And on Microsoft Word, you can use cut and paste, but it's difficult. The cool thing about a post-it is you just pick it up and move it. And then when I get it all set in the way that I want it to, then I, then I actually have the picture in my mind and I can kind of diagram. So I know some people use mind maps. I use that post -it, the poster board type stuff. Again, the idea is it helps me get the thinking outside of my head onto something that makes it a little bit easier uh, for me to visualize it since I can't hold it on my hand and reduce all that emotion so that I can kind of forward. So again, that notion of if you've got ADHD and you struggle with the, the focus problem, that what people say is people they just need to try harder. And what I'm saying is, Trying harder is often maybe a little bit more uh, productive mm -hmm. if you just think, how can I make thinking easier? So does this resonate? Anything, it's, any other thoughts? Yeah, and I'm curious, Jeff, how did you arrive for that technique to be yours? What, what, what was your system that you went through to, to get to that sweet spot of, oh, this is the way it makes it easier for me? Well, it was, it was interesting a long time ago. I have – when I'm coaching people with ADHD, I'm always kind of watching their existing behavior because whatever they do, um, because they just do it, not because they think they have to do it, but whatever they do, I find has got clues to their thinking process. And I was one yes. of those people who always wrote things down a lot, and I would rewrite my notes and kind of move things around and reorganize them a little bit. Then I found myself a couple times standing at a whiteboard where I would uh, be writing ideas and thoughts down and trying to diagram and stuff. And I found myself getting frustrated because I'd have to sit and move it around. And when I wrote some things up and I erased it, I had to remember it <laughs> to rewrite it in another area, <clears throat> which is taxing my working memory. And I, it was just frustrating. So then I had the clever idea of getting post-its out because then I could just move them. And then another level that I go to is, is I actually use different color post-its. So I might have some ideas that I know are – let's say one's positive and one's negative, like all oh, the positive ones are one color and negative. And that way I can color code it. And sometimes I'll rewrite it to, to do the, that. But it, it really evolved for me by noticing that I would instinctively rewrite stuff on, a, on, on, on paper or something to make sense of it, whether it was a school or a work function. Then I found myself doing it at a blackboard because it was a little bit easier. And then I went to the post-its just because it was too frustrating to move the – to rewrite, write, and rewrite all that kind of stuff. So that's how it evolved for me. And it was really just doing it kind of instinctively. 
And so now whenever I've got a big project where I've, like I'm trying to do like maybe a class or something I've never done, that's where I actually start. And, and going back into the, the beginning of the show where I said, you know, imagine you had five words that you had to sequence in alphabetical order. It's like if you wrote them all down on post-its, you could kind of move them around. So when something's really, really massive and I might have 80 ideas, it's the same concept, only I'm just getting it down on a piece of paper and moving around. So I'm externalizing the thinking. The cool thing about the map is I can leave and go somewhere else and get distracted and I come back and I have the picture where mm-hmm. I left off where if I'm just thinking in my head, you know, you and I talked in your podcast about the booting up process where you have to kind of load all those thoughts and ideas back into your head. That's really, really effortful. So if I go back and I've got the poster board, it's all there. It's not as nearly as hard for me to kind of pick up where I left off. So that's kind of how it evolved for me. And I've worked with other people with ADHD where their system might be different, but I do. And one of the points of the show is really to illustrate is, is when I'm working with people, not to focus on just trying harder, but like, how can we just make thinking easier for you so that it's less uh, stressful and you don't have that urge to escape? I really like that. What else do we want to you, talk about? This is good stuff. Keep going. No, no, just, just this notion is like, so now we begin to, let, let's I, actually I tell you what. Let's go to the break and let's come back because I want to come I want to come back to this and I also want to go back to what Kathy was talking about earlier with regard to emotions. So everyone, our secret word tonight is context. Uh, you need to check out Kathy's podcast. I actually, there's two of them that are favorites of mine <laughs> that we've done together. Go check those out. But really listen to some of Kathy's other ones. It's at proudlyadhdpodcast.com. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are honored with our guest, Kathy Rashidian, today. We're having a great conversation about thinking, uh, just sharing a perspective to look through for people as a way to kind of manage ADHD. Um, in Kathy's bio, it's, it's really pretty cool because as I read it earlier, she believes that focus is how we choose to see the world. And I want to talk about that a little bit um, um, because a lot of what I think she does is kind of help people think and see things, you know, from, from a different perspective. But before I get to that, I really just kind of want to go back. We started talking about thinking in the first segment and the last segment, the idea was that notion of if we can make thinking easier for people with ADHD, it makes it easier for them to think. And thus 
they have less of a self-regulation or less of a focus problem or put differently, it's easier for them to pay attention to things if thinking's easier. And it reminds me back of a, of a Thomas Brown coach. Thomas Brown used to be um, at Yale. Now he's at UCLA. And he said this quote one time. He said, as the need for independent work goes up, ADHD productivity goes down. And the reason I like that, Kathy, is a lot of times thinking is made easier uh, when we're working with people, whether we're talking out loud or we're collaborating. Um, and you do a lot of helping entrepreneurs collaborate to think out loud or to try, try to figure these things out. And people with ADHD, they know what to do, but they have a hard time doing what they know to do. And sometimes I think it's the execution of thinking. And what we're talking about is we can make thinking easier um, than Productivity goes up, and a lot of times thinking easier is done with some other people. <clears throat> Any thoughts on that? Have you actually heard that quote before? No, and that's a good one. I, I want to put it somewhere on my wall. And you know what? <laughs> that it's, it's the, especially with what's going on with, with, with our environment these days, on my executive coaching side, what I'm seeing is that collaboration because they're all working from home. And that drive by, hey, I have an idea, there's less of that interaction. And that's where the, the executives that I'm coaching are really seeing that, that you know, pressure on them. That i got to do this on my own. I can't just go to the other room and talk to somebody else. So, that's, I love how you said that because there's this implied thing that you've got to go off and do it on your own. And I know this, you know, we <clears> – <throat> My father worked on the space program. He worked on Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo 9, 10, 11, and part of 12. And it was funny because he came home one time and they were trying to do some math simulation because they were, they were doing computer programming. And bottom line is they were trying to get something to work. And in the whole equation, they didn't take into consideration the moon's gravity. And literally, they had like a whole team of people. And it was like a psychologist or somebody on the outside, which is weird because they used to have a psychologist working with them. Um, the team of mathematicians to do that. And it was in that moment that they caught that, well, that's why again, they were, they were thinking out loud as a team and sometimes complex problems require that perspective. <clears throat> and more and more I'm finding, we feel like we're bullied to go off and think on our own yet society is better off collaborating with each other and people with ADHD, particularly during the COVID pandemic are really being pushed and thinking's getting harder because thinking's getting harder. They're having a hard time focusing and, 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 and um, productivity's going down, which takes me back to really what I wanted to circle back with. And that is when you start to struggle. And if you're not aware of this, it's easy for people to begin to live in fear or um, to start labeling themselves, I'm lazy, and or shame themselves for not doing anything because they're judging themselves by the work, but they're not actually acknowledging that maybe maybe thinking right now is the it's being made more difficult for me, and that's why I'm struggling. It's not a it's not a character, it's not a heart, it's not a soul. It's just like with the pandemic, people with ADHD have been isolated. They're having to think in their head as opposed to think outside of their head, which makes it easy. Now it takes me back to why sometimes I get clients coming in like, I've just got to be brave or I've just got to overcome this. And I do a lot of time like that's an emotional reaction that you're having if you pause and think about it. It's the issue. It's thinking is made difficult. Why don't we make thinking easier for you and you might get it done? And it's funny because when they come in and they're, they're in that emotional state and they're feeling that fear, it's really hard to get them to stop and think about thinking so they can kind of go forward. <clears throat> so 
it kind of goes full circle to me as as thinking is difficult, people escape, and then it becomes an emotional regulation problem, which is really difficult for people with ADHD to kind of get out of. Thoughts on that? <laughs> a whole lot. And, you know, <laughs> it goes back to how you started to say thinking is hard. And at first I was like, well, it's not really hard because I do a lot of thinking. But what you're saying, it makes it difficult where we just don't know what to do with all these thoughts and how to channel them and what to do with them the, the right way. So absolutely. And and just you mentioned about perspective. And I, I do this assessment with my clients where we really measure their perspective. And a lot of times what I see is when they're in that perspective of victim or feeling conflict, and you just nailed it. Those those really go through. We, we literally measure them. The percentage of those two uh, bottom levels get higher. And if I was to compare it to a year before, where they were in the corporate office and other things were happening, that would shift a little bit. So absolutely, it's it does drive emotion, and it does then drive their behavior. Yeah. So. I, I, I can't help it. Let's just have a little bit of fun right now. People talk about yep. perspective and ways of thinking and out-of-box thinking. And Kathy, are you game for an attention exercise real quick? God, you always need to be the guinea pig. Go, do it. I know. All right. Okay, so everybody, just bear with me. Kathy, what two days start with the letter T? Tuesday and Thursday. What are you paying attention to? Um, I'm visualizing the days of the week in front of me. Good, good. So everybody, what I want you to notice is that if she pays attention to the days of the week, the answer is obvious. It's Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. Now, Kathy, is there another answer to that question? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> now you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> okay. Every, by the way, a lot of people do this. So some of you, okay, in thinking, you jumped to the conclusion. You thought I said, what today start with letter T? I didn't. I said, what Excuse me, what days of the week start with the letter T? I didn't. I said, what two days start? So if you think about the past, the present, and the future, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, you get a different answer. It's today and tomorrow. And what I'd like to highlight from this, what's obvious depends on what you pay attention to. So what we have so far, if you pay attention to the days of the week, which is a – you could call it all kind of mindset, a mindset, a perspective, mm-hmm. uh, a paradigm. I really don't care. There's all kinds of words, but – the other one is the past, present, future. So, Kathy, is there another answer to this question? Well, yeah, like what you just said, <laughs> the, 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 the past and the present, or I guess then it would be whatever Wednesday. <laughs> it's like Tuesday and Thursday. Hey, it happens to be Tuesday and Thursday again. Yeah, yeah well, what about the 3rd and the 10th or maybe the 13th and the 20th? If you pay attention to the uh, calendar – Yes, of so course. Here, here's, here's what I'm trying to illustrate with this. Everybody came on and we started talking about thinking, right? Like, what is thinking? And I was trying to, it's, it's the loading and the manipulation and organizing of it. Now we're getting into another realm, which is a whole other show, and that is perspective. That's how you look at the mm-hmm. world. What is it you pay attention to? And what Kathy does in her business is she helps mm-hmm. people, as I say, shift at the level of attention. As a attention coach, I don't really know what you should pay attention to. If it's not working, I just know you're paying attention to the wrong thing. And our job is to ask questions for people to discover, oh, my God, if I look at a calendar, I get a – wow, that's a – I don't get – there's a whole bunch of them that way. And so when we're in that thinking process, 
and we're trying to look at things differently to come up with different answers, there's a trial and error or an aha process that takes place in order for that to, to take place. And so in that example, um, Kathy, what a, I was doing it to illustrate what a perspective is, and that is what you're paying attention to is a perspective, and it de defines what the answer is. And shifting perspectives gets you new answers. And thinking sometimes is trying to look at things differently, to see things differently, to solve problems in a different way. And if you've got a problem and it's not working and you're trying to look at it a different way, some people are more naturally creative than others by looking at things differently. To me, that's thinking. And if, you, if, if, it's, mm -hmm. if, if you're not getting to a problem, it kind of gets there. So at the end of the day, we're kind of, kind of full circle here is that sometimes out there, somebody with ADHD is struggling with this. And sometimes they need somebody like a Kathy or what I do is, is trying to coach them to ask them questions to see if we can shift what they're paying attention to in order to think yeah. and discover completely new answers to, to, to unseen problems at that point in time, <clears throat> which goes back to, this isn't easy stuff, but we can begin to see is if we can make it thinking easier. My, what I've seen with people with ADHD is, is it's easier for them to focus. So, Absolutely. You start pulling this thing together. Anything, any other nuggets or thoughts to add um, from your perspective? No, I, I just, just that it, it's really understanding where your thoughts are coming from. And, you know, one of my favorite questions is like, you know, what are three other ways of looking at this, which is the exercise you just did with me, right? Because emotions yep. get in the way and we go into that black and white thinking and we're just not seeing the middle so just to really pause and be like, what are three other ways of looking at this really shifts? It kind of gives it a jolt, which you just did to me. Yep. yep. Like, right. Let me think about that. Well, again, sometimes we, we did this in your podcast. We talked about free recall and cued recall. When somebody mm -hmm. asks a question like that, it makes it easier for you to draw knowledge from the back of your head and discover new answers. And so, you know, at the end of the day, Kathy, I'm so grateful that you kind of came on. And I hope that those Thank listening – got a context here is that sometimes your focus problem is if you focus on how to make thinking easier, it might be easier for you to sustain focus on it. So Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Everybody got to check out Kathy's podcast at proudlyadhdpodcast.com. Our secret word tonight is context. We hope you've enjoyed our show tonight. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. <laughs>